sometimes reading the book isn't enough. We want to be immersed in an idea or feeling. That's why at Book Interrupted, we've made a playlist for each book cycle. Visit www.bookinterrupted.com to find playlists for each book cycle and a member. Or check out our YouTube channel. What's on your playlist? Parental guidance is recommended because this episode has mature topics and strong language. Here are some moments you can look forward to during this episode of Book Interrupted. And I am the best version of myself when I believe that. You know, obviously this is not my thing. So everybody knows that you already. Are the and further, and then you know, near the end, you're like, is he ever coming back up? That thing wasn't bad at all. It took me right over here. And then all of a sudden, like time stops and you have like a million thoughts that you can process for some reason. It's in that so slow weird. Motion. Everything happens for a reason. It's like my least favorite thing that people say in the whole world. Welcome to Book Interrupted, a book club for busy people to connect and one that celebrates life's interruptions. If you'd like to join along, this book cycle is from September 12th to October 17th. It's Kim's book pick, and we're reading From the Ashes by Jesse Thistle. From the Ashes is a memoir that exposes what it means to live surrounded by prejudice and racism, and how to find happiness despite the odds. Let's listen in to this episode's group discussion. Can I uh, share with you guys, I did a bit of research into, I was very curious about his right foot and the problems that he gave with him. So I decided to look into, because I'm obsessed with, like as a therapist in training and a professional coach, I love getting into the semantics of things. Like what is our body telling us? Because it holds so much wisdom. So this is what his right foot, having been broken, uh, damage to the nerves, broken bones. This is what I found. Let me know your guys' thoughts. Right side of the body represents the masculine side, details, logic, expression, so that he was having trouble with the masculine side of himself. One might say that could represent the white majority, but I will leave it at that. Um, Then problems with his feet. So the foot represents grounding, balance, rootedness. So that was, he was kind of having issues with those things. Uh, Nervous system, that is representative of your sensitivity, your responsiveness, your ability to trust. The bottom portion of the body represents action and doing. And then finally, bones, and he had broken bones. Bones represent the spiritual energy that supports life and enables it to manifest. Problems here indicate conflicts at our deepest core levels. And where is this coming from? Just uh, like, oh, yeah, what's, what's will... your source? 
No, absolutely. It's drawn from uh, Tai Chi, Kijong, um, as well as I will get you the other book that I read. I forget the title and artist, but I will send it through to you on somatics. Yeah. I can put I it on, in the show, the show notes, notes as well. Yeah, yeah. for the show notes. Yeah. You know, obviously this is not my thing. So everybody knows that already, but... You are the skeptic. You are the skeptic. <laughs> I'm the skeptic of these things, but... Let's hear it. <laughs> I mean, he fell out a window and broke his leg. Are you saying that... Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's not like his foot, but it wasn't like his foot started to hurt and that because he had issues of this. So are you are I you believe saying... there are no symbolism. coincidences in life. I think the symbolism of it. Yeah. And symbolically, it just happens to be quite fascinating. Okay. That it's like on topic, like it, it lines up. You think there's no coincidences? You think everything has meaning? Mm. Like if you fall out of I don't of necessarily window? know that everything has meaning, but I don't think anything has coincidences. I think- Do you think everything happens for a reason? I think we, mm, no, I just think that life happens and we tend to, many of us, over personalized things or like oh that's happening and it's happening to me and it's so bad no it's actually just happening in that sense like there are no coincidences like things just happen and many of them happen to be opportunities to learn lessons okay so for example the way that kara what kara is doing like in this exact moment i really like it because if life was a giant mystery or lesson or puzzle to be solved or whatever. Like if there was more to life than just walking around doing whatever you do, I really like exploring things in those ways because I get connected to my source, right? So this is my spirituality through interpreting things in those ways. That's how I feel guided. That's where I find yes. my faith. Right. So when Kara tells me all that stuff about his foot, I'm like, of course, like it just, it's exactly, it's it makes perfect bones. sense to me. Right. Like, oh yes, of course the bones mean like if, if she told us all that stuff and was just like, here's some things I wanted to tell you or whatever. And we'd be like, oh, obviously you're just talking about the story of Jesse Thistle in another way. And then she's like, actually, I was reading what the right side foot means when it's broken. And then you're like, holy shit, right? Because he broke his right foot. Like, it can't be a coincidence, right? So it's the same thing when like, something bad happens to me, I take that faith that I get from those things. And I'm like, okay, this is taking me where I need to go or redirecting my course or doing whatever. Like maybe I had a plan and my plan's not going to work out for whatever reason, but this thing isn't bad. This thing is actually good. And I just need to find out why. And so I also like to take time when I am in a good spot to look backwards at that thing that I thought was bad and be like, yeah, that thing wasn't bad at all. It took me right over here. So that's the the value I get from that kind of talk, that silly talk. <laughs> I like that because I believe in choice and fate. Like I think things are fated, but you have a choice between choosing your fate now or waiting out, not choosing your fate kind of thing. So I have that kind of faith too. I feel like there is little signposts being like, okay, are you ready? No, you're not ready. Okay. We'll just do another um, spiral. No worries. But we'll I like- waiting. And it makes me feel connected to something. Yeah, so I like that. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, I like that too. Jesse Thistle's story is 
got so much to it though i wonder if you could look at any body part and be like yep he had some problems I with know, that really <laughs> That's true. <laughs> right? Because that's kind of his story. It's just like this downward spiral. And when you think he's hit bottom, he goes further and further. And then you know, near the end, you're like, is he ever coming back up? And he does. So I'm just, I think that's, Lindsay and I are feeling like. You're sciency. You're sciency, right? Well, yeah, but. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not like Kara. <laughs> Kara, I don't want you to like not share these things because I react that way because I'm always going to react that way with skepticism for this kind of stuff. So don't feel like I'm attacking you. I just And we love you oh, because you. that's why we're friends with yeah. you. Well, I'm not going <laughs> to stop doing it because it means like Kim, it means the world to me. I wouldn't yeah. be in a great place right now if I hadn't paid attention to what the crows were telling me. And if I hadn't paid attention to the way that the squirrels were playing in front of me if I hadn't noticed all those robins telling me years ago when I was in a bad place that there's a brand new chapter starting whether it is true or not I have noticed that I am a better person and I am the best version of myself when I believe that so I love the skepticism because that's balanced to me that's awesome being able to see because that's true I just am choosing to like another version of myself that acknowledges there's a bit of magic in the world. It's kind of the same as people figure out what makes them feel more uh, comfortable or secure or, you know, uh, justify their decisions and stuff. Self-soothing, right? Like whatever their thing is that makes them feel happy. Yeah, like it makes me feel connected. Yeah. And like a good example of how, like what Mayor's saying, I'm saying, I'm thinking the same thing. Like it is the same thing. Meredith will understand it scientifically, for example, like research-based, like whatever. And that's for many people that people are like, yeah, duh. Like that's facts, like literally facts. (laughs) But um, so for example, I believe that when you learn a new lesson, you're like, okay, I learned this lesson, like whatever. And then I believe that the universe will then give you a test to be like, did you actually learn it? here you go. Let's see if you do that thing differently. Now it, that happens for me a hundred percent of the time. And it happens when I tell people about it too. I'm, I can identify it for them, whether they get it or not, like that's for them, but I can, I'm like, there it is. There's their test. I I wonder what they're going to do. Like, did they actually learn what they said they learned? But also if we were going to talk like behavioral science wise, I'm the common denominator. I behave in such a way. And it's literally about breaking a habit or changing a habit. I need to make a different choice, whether the universe is testing me or not. You know, we can debate. There's no facts for that. But the fact would be that because I do things in a certain way, I'm going to get the same results until I do something different. Like it's the same, right? It's true. You get Both to the is end. True. Yes. You get to the finish yeah. line the same way. It's just how you get there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it only works in my mind for certain kinds of problems. Okay, so give me one that it works for and give me one that it doesn't work for. It works for our socioeconomic problems. It doesn't work for big problems. This doesn't work for a kid born in Syria. Everything happens for a reason. It's like my least favorite thing that people say in the whole world. You might like the book Bright-Sided. It's all kind of all about that, about positivity and- There's nothing wrong with self-soothing. I self-soothe in the opposite way that Kara does, it makes me feel out of control to give it up to, in your case, Robbins. In that that particular like kind of spring renewal idea, I, because control is self-soothing to me. So giving it up to faith or magic is unsoothing to me. 
So I'm doing the same thing in the opposite. I like all those kinds of things because I think they're good fun, but they don't soothe me. And I don't think that those kinds of, there's nothing wrong with anyone's spirituality or faith. I don't care what it is, but it does. It's hard to apply those kinds of ideas, I think, to big problems personally. Yeah. And so, I don't know that I have the right words to explain. It's not, I that know I that's a real hard, that, but I, I get know. what you're talking about. Like it only well, works for smaller scale problems. The distinction I'd like to make is that for me, it's about personal growth. It's not about solving war-torn countries and being like, oh, the universe, whatever. For me, it's about well, the way yeah. that I invest in myself and understand myself and then make myself a better person. Yeah, yeah that makes a lot of sense. That's a, a faith built around personal growth. Yeah, those are the perfect words for it. I kind of like to look look at it this way because, you know, when people say everything happens for a reason, what I think is, it's kind of like that, but it's like everything that's happened to me has made me who I am today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't like everything happens for a reason either, personally, that phrase, because I don't believe that either. Right, so bad things happen, and I don't know if there's any good reason for it, but that bad thing that happened partially formed who I am today, for better or for worse. And sometimes it's for worse, but that's who I am. So, I mean, that's kind of the flip side. I, I don't really like the everything happens for a reason, but I like the everything that has happened has brought me or us to where we are today. I think that's an exercise in self-love. Yeah, mm -hmm. we are the sum of our experiences. And self-acceptance. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's, maybe that's kind of what this book is saying too, right? He's like, here's all the things that have happened. And he's got, this is what I learned from these. He's not saying they're good or bad. I mean, obviously we know when they're bad. It's very obvious. And it's kind of contributed. It, it was part of his journey. And his journey is part of who he is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Any last thoughts? Anything else that everyone wants to talk about? Like, I think everybody or... recommends the book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We should oh, go around. for sure. Recommend. I don't think yeah. we have to. Everybody's like, it's the best we've ever read. Or we're going to read Everyone's like, I'm yeah. reading it again and again. No, uh, yeah. very well written. I love the book. I was just thinking about the leg part, too. Like how he wrote all the things he thought, because I've had accidents where I've gone in slow motion and then all of a sudden like time stops and you have a million thoughts that you can process for some reason it's in that so slow weird. motion. I like how, how he wrote that particular story. He's like, then I try to remember a judo, the best thing to do with the judo is to do a judo roll and maybe I won't yeah. die. And I like how he, everything, all his stories, it just made you in the moment. It made you- Transported yeah. you. Yes, connecting with like, oh, what would I say if I was in that situation, free falling to my death, potentially? Do you know what else I really liked about that part? And I wonder, I folded the page and I'm like, I don't know why I folded this page. Even though on the outside or maybe even consciously at that point, there wasn't a lot of self-preservation when it came right down. And also when he attempted suicide, there was this still little glow inside of him that was like, I don't actually want to not exist. I mm. like, that's been my reaction, I guess, to my experience thus far. Like it appears that one might interpret all of my choices to trend towards, I don't actually want to exist. But when it came right down to it, he did want it to live. Instinct. Yeah. yeah. They have inner conflict. Do I like me or do I not like me? Yeah. I also like that made me think of the part when he that horrible part where he's running through the forest where those guys are supposed to give, be giving him a lift. Oh, and the trees help Who him? are those yes. fuckers? I want last names, like <laughs> honestly. But yeah, how he was running through the forest that he felt like as if his ancestors were there helping yeah. him. Yeah. 
I loved, loved that. that part. Yeah. yeah. How did he have the dream though of the in like Horses. that was freaky deaky. It was great. I loved yeah. that part of the book. So loved and hated that part of the book. So I was like, oh my god. Like, a break just like can you get yeah. a break like geez what part are we talking about the dream of the horses no the running through the forest part sorry oh what about when he threw the bible and it opened up to psalm whatever i wonder if he ever read that did anyone look up what that psalm is so i did and it's oh, something yeah. about, i'm surprised you didn't Kara. this is this I know. is the, the meaning part right like the book opened I, to a I'm, page I'm right too resistant to organized religion otherwise <laughs> i, I don't want to know their message yeah <laughs> um and it was something about like you you'll get forgiveness for your sins or forgiving sins i need to google it right now because i don't want to do it wrong but the thing you that didn't i memorize it <laughs> No, I did not memorize it. I have not memorized all my Psalms yet. So I thought that it was interesting that I think he might've got that message. Again, this is my thing, right? That book opened to that page for a reason. Oh, by the way, I don't think everything happens for a reason. I wouldn't say that to people. But when that book opens to that page, I feel like that's the universe. That's an opportunity for me to uh, um, Mm -hmm. investigate some information that has come. And I look I at that information that it doesn't come across. I hope I'm wrong. I hope that all this stuff, I hope everything is filled with magic and faith. I, I'm just naturally, I guess, skeptical or something. I don't know. Resistant resist. It's probably more to do with my need for control than anything. I, it's my favorite thing about Kara is how she finds meaning in everything. <laughs> She's a magical person. That's my favorite thing about it. So I hope you guys don't take as it, I'm not judging you, I'm curious. My favorite thing. Oh, we want you too. to say something. I love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just getting to know this part about you, Kim. And I hope you don't feel judged at all. I think it's, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that in the end that all secrets are revealed and that we live in a magical place. I only feel interrupted. I'm just trying to finish my points. <laughs> and you're in the right place, Kim. You've come to the right place. I don't feel judged. What everyone's like, I don't think that. I don't think that. I, I felt like compelled to be like, I also don't think that. I just asked Kara you if that's what she thought. Yeah, 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 so I did for a second. But what I was trying to just say is that when that psalm came up, I feel like if you explore that, like the broken right foot, you can find relevance in the message. And then I also think that interestingly, that message was delivered in a way that he doesn't want it. Like he doesn't want traditional religion, right? He didn't even look at it. But his dream, I think, symbolically, may have held the same message. And so for me, and when the way that I think about things and stuff, again, he's receiving guidance in whatever way. And it's just for him to acknowledge or observe or take when he's ready, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really interesting in the story too. Did you find it? That's really cool. Are you the reader? No, I, I got off the, like, I kept on opening and it kept on just going to, uh, no. What's the what uh, Psalm? It's, I think it was Psalm 42. I have the page. So let me just, it's not 42, it's 32. Okay. Psalm 32. That changes everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, never mind. Actually, it does. What I said. <laughs> let me see. Actually, it does. <laughs> Psalm 32. Anything else? Like the whole thing? It looks long. Just read the very beginning. I think that was where the. Okay. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. And this is right. Like, and he had to like forgive his own, like, because the other thing too, this is going to go way off on a thing. But if you wanted to embrace Christianity, 
Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven. I think it's about him forgiving himself. Yeah, no. Right? Yes, like it's not literally. about getting forgiveness from someone else. It's about him forgiving himself for who he is, what he could control, what he couldn't control, like the whole thing. And so that message, I think, is really relevant. And then it would take longer to look up all of the meanings that could be attached to his dream with the horses and his ancestors and, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, maybe fire. I can't remember all of the details of that, but um, I would wager that there is similar, like, I think that's about embracing who he is, like, forgive yourself for being who you are. This is part that's of what I story. think about that. Yeah. I love all of it, Kim. All of it. <laughs> And, and I'll let I'll let you guys all do that, and you can just report back and let me know. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> okay, well it's time. So does anyone have any last takes from the ashes? Other than we're all going to read it again, and we all give it a yeah. big thumbs up. Thank you, Jesse Thistle, for writing this and sharing yeah. your story with us. Yeah. Thank you. Talk about art moving you, right? That book, that it just exemplifies how you can be changed by someone else's story. This interruption is brought to you by Unpublished. Do you want to know more about the members and Book Interrupted? Go behind the scenes? Visit our website at www.bookinterrupted.com. Book Interrupted. Okay, so here's my interruption. Visiting friends and family. Yay! COVID has been very hard being away from the people I love. My, my interruption is that I've gone around and visited a whole bunch of my friends and family. Saw my mom, which was amazing. Spent time with Meredith and my brother. Saw the girls in Book Interrupted. And just to see them in person, it really makes you realize how important the people in your life is. So yeah, my interruption is spending wonderful quality time with the people I love. Book interrupted. It's book report time. We're gonna find out from each member their final thoughts and do they recommend the book? Let's listen. Hello, I just finished reading From the Ashes by Jesse Thistle. And so of course it is time to do a book report. I just don't know what to say. This is absolutely my favorite book so far of all the book picks that we have had uh, this season of Book Interrupted. And I'm having a hard time putting into words what it is about this book that is so incredible. Well, first of all, I haven't, although I am a predominantly nonfiction reader, I actually haven't read that many autobiographies, biographies, or memoirs, like maybe at most half a dozen in my life. So I really appreciated being able to hear someone's story from their own voice. That was beautiful. And I'm really attracted to storytelling. Uh, that is what has uh, continuously drawn me back to the theater and performing arts. It is also what really motivates me in my work as a behavioral coach and a soon to be a therapist in training. There is something about the way that someone shares their own truth that really allows the person witnessing or hearing or experiencing that to find their own truths. This book doesn't even read like a memoir. It reads like it's so, how should I describe it? It really activated so many visuals for me while I read the book. I could 
instantly see it play out as a movie or a play on stage. It, uh, it's just, it's so perfect. There is so much subtext, uh, a lot of like reading between the lines and the word selection is exquisite. It is not accidental and it's not even overly wordy the way that Clarissa Pincola Estes uh, wrote her book. I would say that that was a very wordy book. I love that book. Uh, fantastic read, but it was very wordy. This one is like just enough. Every word was purposeful with intention, so descriptive and uh, symbolically brilliant. I super, super enjoyed how while you read the story, some of the chapters are broken up with poems that have been written by the author. And that, that was, I mean, delicious, delightful, just spiritually nourishing. It was so fantastic to have that juxtaposition of kind of like recounting experiences that had happened in the past and then intermingling that or peppering those story retellings with poetry. It really made the book come together and added to it. It didn't take away from or feel like too much or anything like that. Gosh, his writing really reminds me a lot of Alice Munro's work where, I guess two things on that, Alice Munro, of course, is very well known and extremely talented with short stories. And I found that each of these chapters could almost be read on their own. That each chapter was like a very concise story in and of itself. Of course, though, it's great that there's like an entire book because each little chapter or story does build upon the other. But I feel like you could read chapters in isolation and still feel a sense of depth and new understanding. So I found that that was very in common with Alice Munro. Also, what I found this author, Jesse, had in common with Alice Munro is the way that they both tell stories. And again, I think that this comes back to word selection and the way one describes something. Alice Munro is great at talking about the thing without talking about the thing. And I found that Jesse was able to do that in a similar way, to be able to talk about the thing without talking about the thing. Oh my gosh, like that one chapter when Jesse gets into Oh my God, just being in the one foster home and what was occurring. And I remember talking to my sister and we were just both like the way that it impacted. And you're just like, did, oh my God, is that, is he saying what I think? Oh my God. Oh no, no. And it's like, and I went back and I read the chapter again and I was like, oh fuck, fuck no. So it was, it really blew my mind how you could get a sense of what this young man's experience was without him necessarily or coming out and saying that I was sexually molested. He was able to convey so many subtleties and disturbances in really skillful ways. Is it a hard read? Not challenging in terms of 
like is that above my intellectual capacity but for your heart and your spirit it is hard and yet simultaneously you cannot put the book down i absolutely recommend this book i will before the year is up i want to read it again it is that good he is such an artist i applaud him on his bravery and courage for sharing this story and for continuing on his journey it was an honor to read this and I recommend it to all of you. Uh, please let me know, let the Book Interrupted group know, what did you think of this book if you've read it? It's changed me, it's moved me in the most incredible way. I really enjoyed this book, I read it very quickly. And as much as this book is about traumatic events and addiction and homelessness and how the system fails the most vulnerable in our society, this story is also about love. That's part of what I got from this book. The author writes about different people in his life and you get the impression that these people, though they were going through challenges of their own, truly did love Jesse Thistle. And perhaps they weren't able to show that love in the way they wanted to. Um, let's give take his dad for example. His dad, I really got the impression that his dad did care for his sons, but he had his own problems, his own struggles with addiction. And because of that, he wasn't able to give them everything that they needed. You see this as well with the grandparents. And perhaps there's a little bit of uh, intergenerational trauma throughout this book, which kind of stops the people from, you know, showing their love in the way that we're used to seeing loved portrayed in a story, you know, kind of that Hollywood perfect expression of love. That's not what this is, but it's how people, they can love each other and also still be imperfect. You know, Mr. Thistle's grandfather gave him tough love. And he said, you know, if you ever do drugs, you're out. And he was trying to do the best that he could because that's how he was taught to love. So I kind of got the impression that some of the stories, the way that they were told, that the author is trying to show people that he heard them and he knew that they cared for him, even if he couldn't act any differently at the time because of his own struggles, particularly with addiction. And it's just nice that in the end, he got the love, the healthy love that helped pull him out. And it wasn't just one person that helped him survive. It was many people looking out for him in their own way, in the limited way that maybe they could. Because let's face it, we, if any one of us were experiencing the same things, I mean, it'd be hard to go back and keep giving to somebody who just wouldn't help themselves. And it is hard to help somebody because you can't really help somebody who doesn't want to be helped. And that's part of what this story is about, is him going through all this painful life until he got to the point where he really, really wanted out and he was able to help himself and pull himself out. Do I recommend the book? I highly recommend the book. It is a very quick read um, because it's really hard to put down. The storytelling is fantastic. I think it really helps the reader connect with people who have challenges in their life like addiction beyond just their addictions and see that there's humanity in there and they're real people and they deserve to be taken care of. One more thing. My suspicions about this book being about love were confirmed somewhat when the author was talking to a prisoner. And I want to read from the book right now because I think it sums up 
this thought better than I could. This is what the prisoner says to him. All us criminals start out as normal people, just like anyone else. But then things happen in life that tear us apart and make us into something capable of hurting other people. That's all any of the darkness really is. Just love gone bad. We're just broken-hearted people hurt by life. I think that quote kind of sums up this book. It's about heartbreak and it's about love. And it's about making it to the other side. And I guess mending that broken heart. So do I recommend this book? I highly recommend it. Be warned, it will make you cry, but it'll also let you glimpse at the humanity of a fantastic storyteller and give you a little bit of insight into what some people go through who have a lot of trauma and challenges in their life. Hi, this is my uh, book report. What I have to report is, yet again, I didn't finish. So, book aside. Side note, I'm starting to become acutely aware of how slow a reader I am. I think almost all of these book cycles are six weeks, and I can't do it. I consistently get to maybe half at best. And two things. One, I think I'm too tired because I read a page and I'm out. I'm out. Second thing is when I do have my crap together enough to like read a lot, I feel like I'm rereading a lot and it's just making me have like these memories of reading comprehension from childhood. Um, like reading disabilities and I was like I thought I kind of I guess I thought I kind of outgrew it but if you don't have anything to compare yourself to like I think I read at a third grade level <laughs> no I think I'm on you think you're on par like what happens when you get to the end of high school I don't remember when the reading testing ends I don't know I'm, I'm certainly slow <sighs> and it's starting to piss me off how slow I am so I need to like put in more effort I need to stop watching TV which is just like a probably a good life choice imagine what I would get done I mean it's the cornerstone of my marriage but I would get a lot done anyways to the book it's a just a beautiful piece of everything I love it I'm I'm vowing to continue reading it just like I vowed to continue reading Sapiens so now I've got like I'll have these two books on go and start the other one. And let's face it, I'm lying about something. I'm definitely lying about something because there's no way I can read three books at a time when I can hardly read one. I love it though. I have no complaints. I love the book. I love the story. I'm up to page 130, uh, The Strongest Brother. So he's not even an adult yet. And I think it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better, but it is so beautiful. I love the occasional photo that they put in here of the family. It's just so... Ugh. I also love um, how short the chapters are. I don't know. I love that. Those little technical things. Feels like a short storybook. Feels like a... Who was I talking... Maybe I was talking to care about it. Little short stories to make up a book, but all on the same trajectory. It's just a beautiful book. He's such a talented author. I said in a previous 
uh, personal journal. I think this is my favorite book just cause it's like, it's just a narrative story and it feels so personal and so beautiful and I have nothing bad to say about it. I have no negative feedback. It's heartbreaking. It's heart wrenching. It really makes me think about how are they vetting foster parents? What kind, it seems like a lot of downstream band-aids for, oh, sorry, there's a crazy red squirrel outside. Those red squirrels are wild and I know he's eating my beans. My, he got them. I should be up there scaring him. <laughs> okay. I know that it's so, I don't, I don't know anything about the foster care system. I don't know anything about child welfare and protective services. It just seems like, oh, like, oh, what a, what a mess. Some people don't get a chance at all. Just don't get a chance at all at a good start. So I can't wait to find out how he, you know, gets real low, gets hopefully real high and gets back to the right side. And writing a novel and yeah just good for him for sharing I love it that's all I guess I have to say sorry about all the ums and ahs I'm mad at myself for again not finishing happy at Jesse for writing this book ta-da bye-bye hey so I was just listening to a interview with country singer George Canyon let me just double check that I got that right. Yes, uh, who's defending or who was defending Jesse Thistle for the Canada Reads. And in the interview, actually, Jesse Thistle was talking about the style of his book, which I thought was really interesting. He was actually approached by Simon & Schuster, the publisher, to write the book after they read his, about his story in the Toronto Star and his rise to academia. And so a lot of the stories that uh, Jesse Thistle wrote were actually him doing his 12-step AA program. So that's why they're kind of little snippets. The quote I have I wrote here is, the book was like recovery, and those little fragments that the book's written in appear that way because that's how I wrote my fourth step, which is my moral inventory. And then he was saying that resentment was locking him into his addiction, and so he needed to understand his past. I thought that was really interesting to know as a context. Uh, I really love this book. I can't say enough about it. I think everybody should read it. It really gives you an opportunity to understand what it's like for someone who is homeless and who goes through addiction. And, you know, it makes you look at people who are on the streets and think they're real people. And that's important that we should all be thinking that. So I would highly recommend this book. And that's about it. So thanks for listening in and we'll see you on the next book cycle. I, I love the book. I devoured it. I finished it so quickly. I couldn't put it down. His storytelling is amazing. It helped that it was a happy ending. But I think what surprised me is that you you keep on waiting for the happy ending. You think the, the happy ending would be maybe half the book or a large portion of the book would be like, and here's the happy ending. But it isn't. It kind of just ends at the happy ending. There isn't, he doesn't go on about it, which just plays into how all the, his other stories go. Like we discussed in other, in other group sessions about how it's, he does, it doesn't sound like he's, a, he's not being the victim. 
you know, he's just kind of telling you the story from his perspective. And it's very non-judgmental. Like as he's just explaining it. And his story, his storytelling is just incredible. And it does keep you going because it's almost like you're waiting for when is the happily ever after. And eventually it does come, which is amazing. Like he's just an amazing person. I'm so glad he found his wife and, and that she encouraged him to, you know, do his dreams after he, he had a happily ever after just getting sober. But she helped him, like push him into actually living, you know, his full potential. You know, reminded him what his dreams were. I also liked, like I, I keep on going back. There's a, in the, the end of the book, there was a letter that his dad wrote him from prison in 1981. And they, his grandparents didn't give it to him. And I, I know I shouldn't because he doesn't, but I go back and forth. Like, I wonder how that might've changed maybe his life, but I guess he doesn't really need his life to change because it, it just turned out so well. And he wouldn't have gotten to where he was, I suppose, maybe without the stories that, you know, created the person he is. Anyway, I love the book. I'm definitely going to read this book again. I've already actually started listening to the audiobook again. Like I read the actual book, but I downloaded the audiobook to listen as well. Yes, wonderful book. I recommend it to everyone. I think everybody should read it. It's definitely my favorite book this season. Excellent book. Must read. All right, this is my final book report for From the Ashes by Jesse Thistle. Would I recommend this book? 1,000 times yes. The reason why is because the telling of this story with the level of vulnerability, openness, and honesty that Jesse Thistle has exhibited is an example of a true exercise or an exercise in truly loving yourself. When you can present all of you like if you can present your truth, people's truths are not always pretty. People's truths are not always perfect. They're never perfect, in fact. People's truths have light and dark. People's truths have ugly and pretty. People's histories have mistakes, regrets, behaviors that they're not proud of, as well as accomplishments, successes, pain that they weren't responsible for. Humankind has so many facets and experiences that uh, it's not binary, right? It's not, it's not, you know, either this or that. It's all of it. We tend to present our best selves. We tend to show what we think will be accepted. And we tend to hide what we think may cause us to look bad or be received poorly. If you really love yourself, then you can talk about those things which you would most likely be ashamed of or afraid to share for fear of judgment. And so that's why I really love this book. That's why I certainly recommend it because Jesse Thistle in this book really tells the story of how he didn't love himself. He didn't even know himself and he kind of stumbled into his own identity over those years 
the act of telling that story like on this large scale publicly is like the ultimate act of self-acceptance and love. And I just love it because if you don't like embrace yourself in the way that he must have had to, to write this and share it, then you know, you don't really love yourself. You know what I mean? Like you, how can you expect anyone else to accept those things that you don't even forgive yourself for or are unwilling to share as pieces of you because they happen to be a, a little bit less savory or whatever. Anyway, From the Ashes by Jesse Thistle. Highly recommend. Yes, read it. It is just a great book. That's the end of my book report for this book. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Book Interrupted. If you'd like to see the video highlights from this episode, please go to our YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe and you'll be notified when there's new content. Want to be part of the conversation? Have your voice heard on our fan episode next week. Or recommend a book and you could be joining us for a six-week book cycle. Find out more by going to www.bookinterrupted.com fans. Hi, this is Leah of Book Interrupted. So, the Book Interrupted team is looking for self-published authors. We'd like to expose your book to more readers and listeners. Also, we'd like sponsorship. So, you scratch our backs, we'll scratch yours. Please go to www.bookinterrupted.com forward slash sponsorship. Thanks. Book Interrupted. Never forget, every child matters.